Welcome back to Orgy Story, a podcast about hosting, well, not really hosting currently, <laughs> orgies and group sex. It's mostly a podcast about talking to people about past experiences in group sex currently, and it's still a blast. On today's show, our favorite doctor, Dr. David Lay. The man is fantastic. He's fun to talk to. He's a very warm human being, both on and off the podcast microphone. So please go support him. You can find his books. I just got Insatiable Wives. I'm very excited. It is on the thicker side, um, but maybe that's just Dr. Lay. Ayo, we do need you to tell a friend about the podcast. Engage with us on social media, Instagram, at Orgy Story. We're doing some fun stuff. And I do want to make a caveat for this interview. We had a little mishap with the production crew and Vicky's mic, the crew around here. It was me. Uh, maybe that's a sign that you should tell a friend, help get the momentum so we can really build up season two production, but we do believe we've resolved it. Please be patient with us and enjoy the entire interview. Dr. Lay. Dr. Lay, you're famous since we last saw you. You've been on one of the most popular platforms that you could possibly get on for fun science. You were on The Daily Show. How are you? I am doing well. That was uh, that was fun. Um, uh, was on talking about um, why the alt-right hates masturbation. Um, and, uh, you know, interestingly, the, uh, the founder of the Proud Boys... Um, came after me just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, um, that was back in November, and he somehow he somehow found out about the show like months later, and decided to spend about a week threatening me. It was uh, it was an interesting experience. For all for masturbation. Wow. Was it, yeah. Is he threatening the facts or just upset with you? Uh, you know, with those folks, it's hard to tell. Okay. Well, you're an interesting, I mean, previously we've referenced, I guess we won't talk too much about your martial arts background, but um, how many black belt sex doctors out there? That's got to be tough when you find that part out. It's like, who are you threatening? Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, damn it. All right. Well, we uh, the, the fun question I had for you before we get to gangbangs and if I can talk the entire community out of that phrase as how we terminize it. Do you now get upset after all your hard work that people introduce you from The Daily Show? Because you've worked with the Sexual <laughs> Health Alliance. You've been an outspoken voice when it was unpopular on, on sex education and, and, and really talking about sex at a broad spectrum. And now you're the sex doctor from The Daily Show. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it. There are certainly worse ways I could be introduced, right? Well, I couldn't even get him fired up on that one. I was trying to poke <laughs> the beast a little bit. <laughs> this is why, and frankly, I mean, you can handle me. The alt right's nothing. I'm way more clever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I gave up on any you know intent to have a career in politics years ago because I could I could just imagine you know a confirmation hearing you know Doctor Lay please please explain to us how you ended up in Hustler Playboy Penthouse Daily Show um, on and on and it, you, we we just end the conversation there. Just run as a Republican, and people won't even look <laughs> into it. They're like, "That's our guy." There we go. That's New Mexico politics. Uh, that well, I mean, we're getting we're there. We have to get a different stance on masturbation. Though, we are so. going to have to change our stance on on master as a country. If you're going to be a part of the, 
And that's an interesting. I still remember when I forget her name, and I'm so Jocelyn sorry. Elders. Thank you, Bill Clinton's um, press secretary, okay. health department just spoke on it and was like heresy. Yeah, yeah. That was '94, and given who yeah. she worked for, the irony is not lost on anyone. Yep. I mean, God, God help you that you recommend that masturbation can be healthy. Now, I will say, however, look, things have changed because the New York Health Department during the the COVID coronavirus pandemic recommended um, in writing to everybody that you are your healthiest sex partner and that masturbation is right now the healthiest kind of sex you can have. They were also very clear that rim jobs are to be avoided during these <laughs> troubling times. And to see all of that laid out, written I, out, yeah. that was progress. I agree. We'll take it. I want to very specifically dive into gangbangs. And I mentioned off air what struck me about it. And I'll mention that as my first question after I simply ask, is that the name we've all settled on? We're going to be calling this act, which is essentially four on one. It's, it's not necessarily guys, gals. It's everyone from my research of, of all varieties that enjoy. You're essentially the focus of attention or the center as it's referred to. Why gangbangs, and why do we kind of settle on these terms? You know, that's a good question. Um, I admit it's catchy, and I've been trying to come up with, like, group bang. Doesn't sound as good. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else you can really kind of come up with, though, that that takes its place. And, And... is it the is it the kind of violence implicit in that in that kind of phrase that bothers you? Um, I just it's a little bit the gang word, but maybe it is. Um, and I guess it stems from what I saw was a lot of people being nervous. And I do think because the term gangbang and then a closely associated cousin Bukaki are kind of really assertive terms as opposed to like an orgy. Or something a little bit more inviting. And to me, that did stem right as I started researching it. And there is consternation about if it's more than four. Like, is it a four to one ratio? Is it a three to one? Generally, for me, I'm counting anything three and over. Um, But I did see a pretty nice argument that it's got to be four to six. I mean, notice that people only have these arguments about the numbers when they're not actually doing it. Because when you're doing it... Worrying about math is kind of last thing on your mind. Yes. With one small caveat, we did have someone we interviewed who described herself as a numbers queen. So a big turn on is how many guys it is in a night. Though, to your point, it's not always exact. We encouraged a notebook because they don't always keep... It's like, I think it was 37, 39. It's like, yeah, well, well, which is it? Was, yeah, kept track of everything. He had everything written down in a journal to make sure, you know, everyone was accounted for. And <laughs> I, I, in my first book, Insatiable Wives, I remember interviewing a couple of couples like that where the husbands kept a diary of all the men their, hus- their, their wives had been with. And they were just really, really proud of that. They were, they, 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 they were it was her stats. It was like, it was, there you go. It's, it's like, it's like the guys who are really into baseball stats. It, we're a lot of us are into stats and this is, see, that is the number one thread. And this kind of stems on why we did want to talk to you. We, we've obviously talked about insatiable wives and, and how much we like that title and the concept. And you've dropped some interesting facts on us while answering other questions, but 
let me hit you with the dichotomy because you're already starting to talk about it. The number one thread I saw was um, my wife did this, and it was a very pride-based thing. And when I started looking into gangbangs, I saw that. I saw pride. I saw women describing it as transcendent, as powerful, as ownership, even despite the confines. And then I saw this very other side through Reddit threads and through message boards and some of the various adult websites that's very fear-based in terms of, I'm worried if I do this, people are then going to know I did it and it's, there's no turning back. I'm worried if I ask my partner. So it's a huge dichotomy in, in this world. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. you've looked into a lot of what speaks to you about this sex act, this, this sort of group on one. Um, well, you know, I was, I was reviewing some research uh, just the other day, actually, that was published that, that looked at um, uh, males and females interested in group sex or, or, and uh, found that, as, as none of us would be surprised by, women who were interested in group sex with multiple men were shamed and stigmatized far more than men who were interested in group sex with multiple women. Or uh, if a woman was interested in group sex with another woman and a man, that was okay. But it is the, you know, it's the ultimate kind of act of of sort of slut shaming. Um, You know, if a woman is, is interested in, in multiple men, the, uh, we have to. I think we have to recognize, though, that um, some of that is about intimidation. It's about you know intimidation of female sexuality because you know how many how many women women can one guy really satisfy, um, and yet female sexuality uh, you know does not have some of those physiological limitations that male sexuality does. And, on and average, I, think, I hope it's even a one to one ratio. I right. worry it's like a, on average, you please twenty five percent of one woman a year. It's like, oh yes. shit. <laughs> um, but the and so I think that there is some of that. There is some of this intimidation of female sexuality, and also some attempt to kind of control female sexuality. Um, the one of the other things though there um we have to consider that idea of kind of sperm competition that the presence of other men and other male sexual cues triggers and spurs greater levels of sexual excitement enthusiasm competition in men and that that is not just a psychological phenomenon but a but a physiological one there's you know there's research that you know demonstrates that when a man watches pornography with multiple men and a single woman his ejaculate uh, contains more sperm and he ejaculates harder and he gets erect again sooner with the idea that those cues are triggering him to, you know, want to compete and get more boys out on the playing field, the playing field being her vagina, to compete with the sperm of other men. The, the really interesting thing, you know, we're talking about, you know, gangbang, modern kind of gangbang stuff, but a fascinating kind of aspect of this is that the history of the gangbang is actually really, really long. And, you know, and, and, and some of it's good and some of it's bad. I mean, there, there's even a, you know, a, a story of gangbang in the Bible when, 
um, uh, I think it's Lot. I was like, offers, what chapter was that again? For right, those yeah, of yeah. us that might um, not have remembered. Pick up the Bible again. Right? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think um, it's uh, Lot uh, happens on these two angels that are going to be attacked by a crowd, and he offers his daughters to the crowd to be gangbanged so that the crowd won't um, attack and kill these angels. Um, and that's certainly true. Tr- triggering and, 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 and challenging. But in Siberia, there was this fascinating um, marital rite that on the honeymoon night, the new bride had sex with all of her husband's male relatives. And the evolutionarily, okay. you know, to you, something to consider for the Schedule that in Siberia. Yeah. They talk and, about the cake it, cutting. They don't, yeah, but if you think about it, they um, what they were doing there was ensuring that any children would be genetically related to that male husband, whether he was fertile or not. Okay. Oh, different times. Okay. And historically, this is a little bit of what I want to talk about because the second thing that struck me was how vast this is. The history, before I hit you with some of the numbers I have from some popular porn search engines about like just how many categories and like on average how many gangbang videos, which um, I find kind of fascinating given the the whole amount of videos I was able to do some some basic stuff on. Historically, it doesn't feel like this has ever not been present because even in terms of the way you hear it described, it's sort of tribal and ritualistic now to varying degrees of being able to customize it your pleasure. But historically, give us a few fun notes outside of the Siberia. I mean, how far back? Like, are you able to see this through multiple periods or? Um, You know, my, uh, it sounds like a self-promotion. My my last book, Ethical Porn for Dicks, um, I illustrated it with what I call petroporn, these um, dirty pornographic, rock carvings from around the world some of them thousands of years old and in there i include this one uh, this one picture of um uh gangbangs carved on the rocks um actually there were multiple of them there are gangbangs carved on rocks in china that are probably 5000 years old there are some carved on rocks here in new mexico that are you know 500 to 2000 years old um that kind of sexuality um, has certainly been present um, for as long as well, as long as we have. Um, and again, I, I think the complicated piece and, and the thing that we're really kind of exploring now is historically, was that about, um, you know, masculine, um, you know, uh, competition? Was it about treating, you know, the women as property? Certainly, you know, gang rapes is something that we have to kind of consider here is related to that history. But what we're, what, what we're exploring and talking about now, which I find really, really compelling is flipping that, that script. And now, looking at it in terms of the female pleasure, the female experience, where the female is really now kind of driving this as opposed to, you know, her, you know, well, as opposed to guys running a train on a girl, now the woman is pulling the train. 
because she's got the engine. And one note is I found at least 47 state-based – I was able to account for 47 of the 50 states have at least some community outreach for gangbangs. Um, whether it's a place to post, whether it's a place to be interested and find that. And obviously places like New York and California, your, your resources are much more vast. But I mean, I'm talking deep in Mississippi, a lot of Texas. You see um, a vast mm-hmm. amount of it. So it's definitely something that struck me, including, and this is just a little off the cuff, because you are the doctor, we have to bring some fun to <laughs> X videos has about 3.5 million results. Do you have how many categories would you guess? Uh, oh categories you could imagine being cream pie, interracial, cuckold, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of them. How many? How many categories would I guess out of that 3.5 million? Oh, say 15,000. So <laughs> the variations I've been able to find thus far. Uh, that's probably fair. I was able to calculate just as they put it across the porn sites, about 97 different categories, um, including and what really resonated with me on one. And I'm not going to give away where this thread is, but it's a place where people can privately seek gangbangs. Just as many men, trans members of the community looking for that same experience, whether they're <laughs> straight by gay, all of the above. And, and one of the things I did notice is you see a lot of like, it's still a gangbang, but it's much more mixed gender than the traditional, either six guys on one guy or six guys on one girl. And that's kind of what I noticed as the customizable part, which gets us into your expertise. Um, and I will say the largest category, by the way, amateur, just as uh, not in the mm-hmm. gay community, but in the straight community, it was amateur. How do you broach this subject with yourself first and then with others if this is something you, you think you want versus you think is a fantasy that you're just entertaining? The conversation I recommend people have with themselves is <clears throat> how do I feel about my sexual fantasies? How do they make me feel? Do I think those sexual fantasies mean anything? Do they say anything about who I am as a person? Um, And particularly, is it bringing up feelings of shame? And if it's bringing up feeling, you know, you mentioned how um, there are so many people who are very, very strongly kind of concerned about this and yet really want to have it. That is the way this works. The more shame and taboo this fantasy is, the more exciting and powerful it is. One of the things that I'm sure you noticed is that many of these gangbang fantasies um, are driven by uh, interracial kind of uh, issues with you know cross-cultural, cross-racial. What's interesting is if you look in different countries around the world, in many countries, you know, the gangbang by black men is is a significant feature. But in Europe, we're now seeing um, a rise in uh, 
gangbang with Arabic men or with Turkish men where um, those that ethnicity is now rising up in terms of creating some conflict, creating some psychological kind of cultural conflict that feeds the arousal. It feeds the excitement. It makes it more stimulating when you're doing something naughty. And, you know, doing something naughty, not just with a bunch of guys, because then you're, wow, she's really a bad girl if she's with a bunch of guys, but she's with a bunch of guys that you're not supposed to be sexual with. And that is even more arousing and exciting. So I encourage people to dive into that in themselves. What do I think about this fantasy that I have? And to do that conversation with yourself when you're not turned on. Don't have that conversation with yourself when you're masturbating, um, but have that conversation with yourself when you can when you can be kind of calm and collected and examine those issues. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Mississippi. Um, can we imagine that there are probably more kind of interracial gangbangs in those sorts of Bible Belt states where there is much more stigma and shame around interracial relationships, around slut shaming? And let's what I'm interested in is, you know, exploring what happens if you take some of that shame away. Does the sex stop being as exciting or do we get to have it and then not feel shitty afterwards? <laughs> How do you sort of combat that feeling of shame? <clears throat> um that is kind of the million dollar question right yeah. now. Um the uh one of the big ways that I do it is working with people around their values and working with help, helping them to understand um, where the shame is coming from. Because, for instance, you know, and, and over the past couple of weeks, we've been seeing the, you know, the huge uh, national sensation around Black Lives Matter and really confronting the history of racism. Many of us were raised with racist values. Many of us were raised in families and communities where racism was just sort of accepted. But most of us no longer endorse or, or allow that. How did that change? Just because we were raised with those ideas doesn't mean they can't change. When we look at our ideas about sex, the ones that make us feel ashamed, we start to examine and understand where they come came from, and then we get to question, do I still believe that? The same way we are now questioning our racist beliefs that we were raised with. We now get to choose, do I still endorse that? Do I want to let that be part of me? I, you know, I was thinking about this this episode and this conversation with you guys, and I was remembering a, um, a woman that came to me a few years ago who, uh, amongst other issues, she was concerned that she was addicted to gangbangs. And she she felt like um, uh, she couldn't say no to a gangbang. She really, really loved it. But she knew if she got exposed, she was a, a fairly prominent, actually, Republican politician. And she knew if she got exposed to these gangbangs that she would lose her job. But she couldn't really say no. 
And so rather than me telling her, don't do gangbangs, you shouldn't do gangbangs, we talked about what she got out of it. And she had been raised in a really conservative family. She had never been taught that women were allowed to be sexual or assertive or beautiful. Um, uh, And she found out that not only could she be very sexual, she was really, really good at it. And she loved the feeling of – being dominant over multiple men, being able to say to guy after guy after guy, yeah, I want you, I want you, I want you, to be the center of attention and to to kind of drain these men and walk away um, empowered. So rather than trying to stop her having gangbangs, because I didn't care if she had gangbangs. I didn't want her to lose her job and be shamed about it. Instead, we started focusing on helping her to get those feelings other places in her life. And we helped her to now start to um, accept those aspects of herself, her femininity, her sexuality, her confidence, her assertiveness, and to express them other places in her life so that she she wasn't dependent on the gangbang as the only place where she could feel good about herself. Um We ended up in a place where now she could have a gangbang if she wanted to, but if she didn't, she didn't feel like she was missing out on feeling good about herself. Hell yeah. Okay. So it's a process like anything else and uh, pending where you're at probably requires some professional help, which is a good segue into the work you do. Um, if you're enjoying what you hear from Dr. Lay, which we, we know you are, you can find his books all across the Amazons. You're easily searchable, if not too searchable, maybe for, <laughs> for yeah. some of the opinions you've, I guess opinions, some of the facts you've been uh, circulating. I still, anytime they're against masturbation, I'm always the, I just, it's hard to follow. Yeah, don't you have anything else to worry about? There's just so much more that you could I focus mean, that who energy. Who are you to. hurting, masturbating? Really, who's it? Yeah, that's <laughs> ah, interesting. Well, sir, anything coming up on the horizon we can plug, or have we kind of hit all the the main spots? Um. You know, interestingly, I'm doing a lot of forensic work these days. I don't know that you know it doesn't really relate to to kind of the stuff you're, you're talking about, but some of it does because. I'm I'm ending up in court talking about these same issues and helping juries and judges understand these issues from a scientific-based place as opposed to – um, you know, a morally, religiously based kind of shame. And what's really interesting is I'm getting to step into court and help um, people from sexual subcommunities, uh, you know, uh, swingers, group sex aficionados, kinky people – now have somebody on their side bring in the science and the clinical work um, uh, so that we don't lock people up just for liking sex. Yeah. One of those we can use our resources in other ways. So you're going a little bit true crime on us. Excellent. We'll yeah, see you on a Netflix documentary next then. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, no, I'm, I already am. Um, I, I I already am. There's a there's a oh gosh, what's it called? Cardboard butterfly. There's a there's a documentary about you know quote porn addiction, and um, I'm the only kind of non kind of on the on the train of porn addiction uh, yeah, thing in there. Um, uh, but yeah, may, maybe maybe a documentary just more on 
more on these issues. Hey, a group sex documentary. We're trying. We're hoping season two will be just the mood booster HBO needs to dust off real sex. That's what I've been trying to bring back for years. Let's go back to the 90s. Yeah, I just want to get on Showtime so we can do it right. Don't worry, you'll be the first call after after they say maybe, because it's not going to be yes. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and talking to us. And do not worry, Orgy Story listeners, I bother him frequently. He'll be back on. Hey, love you guys. Love what you do. Thank you so much. We will be back with a special segment coming early next week, as well as the final chapter in the gangbang. But just study. The full interview with Ray Ray. That one has a lot more content than what we released in the Gang Bang episode. She's so fantastic. People reacted so positively to the first interview. I can't wait for you to hear the whole thing. And she's, of course, continuing on to great things. So look for a special episode. We're going to talk maybe a little red table and the openness around that. And put a bow on what has been an unbelievable exploration of gangbangs.